0: Hey, Travel Bosses. I'm excited to bring you this week's sponsor, Tripstreak, the smarter travel search. What I love about Tripstreak is the ability to search by personal preferences, such as preferring red-eye flights only, or only wanting lie-flat seats. So the next time you need to book a flight, check out tripstreak.com slash travel And here's your host Johnny Sd. Hey guys, it's Johnny, and welcome to episode 149 of the Chab like a Boss podcast. I'm here with James Radcliffe. Hey Johnny, good to be here, man. 149. Wow, that's crazy, right? It has it's, been it's, a journey. It's pumping up now. So how? Okay, so how did we meet,
1: James? And where are you from? Absolutely. So I'm from the suburbs of New York City, and we met depends on whether you want to start with uh, my interacting with you online I was reaching out yeah, like, let's
0: go way back way back when so we're in check Mai now but we just got done with the Nomad Summit but way back when how did we like what's what's, what's the whole story
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the uh, it started with me my journey started uh, I've always kind of uh, identified with you know, sort of living something greater. You know, uh, I guess you you would say, in your terminology, living like a boss, somewhat. And I didn't want to settle for sort of uh, whatever kind of lifestyle that society seemed to be pushing me into, and it didn't feel quite right. So I was telling Riley the other day. It was, it's funny, I was, I guess I was sort of like a rebel without a cause there for a while, because I wasn't sure exactly where I was going. You know, it started being like end of high school, going into college. I was like, I guess I'm going to go to college next year. Like so i sent out finally like super late some applications got into uh got into a college that i was about to go and thinking about playing lacrosse there and and i was just like you know i don't think you know i want to do this and i had at that point started working in a in a warehouse my dad actually owned some real estate and one of his tenants was working with an art dealer um as a salesman and i had started working in the warehouse there putting Uh, the pictures and the frames and it's called stretching them and uh, touching up the frames and stuff doing the production and uh, I ultimately had the opportunity to be the
0: main salesman there and and this is like you're pretty young still right you're 23 now yeah yeah so so how old are you at this time so this was 19 years old okay Mm -hmm. so instead of going to college you decided to work at your dad's factory
1: so it wasn't my dad's it was uh my dad's tenant who was the sales guy there and uh he said oh you know have james you know he seems like a pretty good kid and we'll have him come over and help out a little bit but i i had the opportunity there to learn of uh, the business mm. right so i was learning i would listen to the to their conversations and you know i was you know Meanwhile, I was working in the warehouse there, stretching the paintings and framing them, and I would be listening to podcasts. Listen, listen. And I said, "What was that? What was that tape I used to hear my dad play back in the day when I was like a, a little kid? And, you know, he would be working on something. Rich dad, poor dad, right? So wow,
0: that's cool that your dad had that mentality.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty crazy, but he didn't he didn't press it on me or anything. It was like I heard glimpses of it. It wasn't like he said, James, sit down, we're going to listen to this. Um, I almost
0: wonder if that like subliminally programmed your brain to think differently. That you like, you know what? According to, to what I heard, uh, in this book, <laughs> I shouldn't be going through the normal, normal
1: route. I, I I would hope so, man. I think it would be honor, honorable to say that because uh, I was just so young. It was like it was just in one year out the other. I was not ready for it. I wasn't even thinking about money or anything like that. So as a kid, man. But I, I remembered the name. I remembered something about it. And you know, there, lonely, you know, in the, in the warehouse for hours at a time. You ought to start thinking about you know the future. So I started. Uh, uh, Thinking about that stuff, I remember the name, looked it up, found it, listened to it. I was like, that's why I felt like this was, this society was not taking me where I want to go. I don't want to be an employee my entire life. I don't want to be, you know, living like most of society, not to talk down on that, but that's just not what I'm good at. That's not where my skills are. This is where I really want to go. So I saved up at the sales. Long story short, worked there for well, a while. So
0: at this time, did you talk to any friends about this or any family members about this? Did anyone kind of share that same mentality with you? I
1: did start to, to tell my dad and he was supportive. Um, he wasn't exactly, you know, he really kind of has been sort of letting me figure things out. Um, so whether, whether I maybe wanted a little bit more input from him, maybe, uh, but it's definitely forced me to uh, sort of definitely have the freedom and the ability to figure things out. I didn't hang around with that many people. I was like, you know, these people that I'm hanging out with actually for the first year that I was working with, I was hanging out with some friends from high school, but It was sort of still that rebel without a cause thing. But when I listened to that again, uh, and I got serious and I was like, I got to do something. I'm not just going to make, because I worked actually for an entire year. And I was like, I'm nowhere further than I was when I started this. I have a little bit more knowledge now, but other than that, no more, no further. And I was like, I'm not going to have another year like that. Bought a house uh, at foreclosure and started fixing it up. And
0: wow. So you saved up enough money at the sales job to be able to buy a house.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was nothing huge. I actually got it for a very good uh, price at foreclosure. As I said, it was actually an auction, and um, it's funny because my dad actually had one across the street, <laughs> so he, he saw the deal, and I was like, "I'm going." Wow. Okay.
0: So, can I ask how much it was? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Actually. You'll never, never guess the first price that I that I bid that it got accepted for. I have no idea what so, it was. This is something that you know was renting for about eight hundred fifty to maybe a thousand dollars a month uh, in the market, and the first offer, uh, which was accepted, was actually three thousand dollars. Shut up. Three thousand dollars.
0: Really? Why would
1: they? <laughs> really? Why would they give that to? you? That's only like four months' rent. Right. Right. It's crazy. Um. So the town. Uh, was just kind of like an old Rust Belt town in, in America where they used to actually, it used to be a huge brass manufacturing uh, town and the jobs left, right? So so there they are, you have this town, this beautiful building, it's old, really well built and they had, it was really row housing, townhouse for factory workers. Um, So they were really well built, poorly maintained and there was no jobs there anymore. I mean, some certain jobs, but the point is nobody there can really afford to buy, Um, you know, they have to rent. It's a captive rental market. And I just saw it as an opportunity.
0: And did, was there a tenant in that house ready
1: before you bought it? There had been, you know, for for a long, long time. It it was vacant for at least a year. Uh, so it was boarded up and everything. And, and uh, you know, uh, I think we had somebody, you know, I can neither, neither confirm or deny this, but I think we had somebody sneak in and just check it out real quick before I actually bought <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> That's actually very smart. You know what? Those are one of those things where like, so Arnold Schwarzenegger had a great inspirational uh, talk at at a college, I think, and maybe Anthony or Edward can, can put this in the show notes. But he talked about how one of the rules of success is to break the rules. He said, "Don't you know necessarily break the law, <laughs> but there's always that kind of gray zone where you have to break the rules." And you know what? This is one of those things where, you know, technically, if if you did, you know, quote unquote, <laughs> do, do it. You know, that isn't, you know, that isn't technically legal. That's like technically bringing the rules. But at the same time, like, why would you want to buy something sight unseen and then go inside and realize, you know, like, there's a sinkhole in there or there's, you know, or it's something way worse. So, yeah, like, uh, to me, it's like, as long as it's not hurting anyone, like, you should... I, I would have done it. There are
1: certain things that are rules for the sake of being rules at at, at, at at a certain point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand, like, they probably don't want, like, you know, everybody gonna, going in all the time. And then also... The seller, maybe the seller's kind of like, maybe they're trying to hide something. Oh, it was the bank, <laughs> yeah. now. It was
1: foreclosure. So now yeah. the bank owned it. Uh, it had been broken into, and you know they took the pipes and everything like that, the copper. Um, but like I said, it, I, it, it was accepted for three. Somebody bid me up until I until I looked over at them, and I was like, dude, I'm going to keep going. Like I wasn't going to go much farther because I didn't have a whole ton, uh-huh. but I was prepared to probably go up to like 10 grand. Ooh, okay. and I ended up getting it for seven.
0: Wow, oh, very cool. Congratulations yeah, on so that.
1: Spent uh, a lot of time figuring out how to do that, and you know, if I I really needed any questions, I would f- fortunately asked my dad. But uh, a lot of time figuring out how to do that, and time spent listening. So to ask to answer your original question as to how I came across you and came, you know, started interacting with you, I typed in some stuff along this line, um, and you were one of the first people that I came to listen to, which was uh. uh interview with you and riley sitting at pun space outside and i was like man here i am in this cold dark building no electricity got a headlight on working and there they are living the dream out there and you know they're just sitting in a nice sunny spot they're still making money you know living life on their terms really which is what it's all about right so
0: yeah and here, here you are now <laughs>
1: that's right man yeah that's cool
0: yeah. How, how did it feel to actually be in that courtyard of pun space where that video was filmed
1: Dude, i was speechless man i really was because i had thought about it for so long um and i had felt it it was you know definitely for sure on a, on a nervous system gut level you know it's like this is real like this is awesome so i, I really got to appreciate you th- there for for just being in a place where i could come across your content and that's such a an amazing thing that now i could make that part of my reality so awesome thank you John. Well, I'm
0: glad to be able to share that uh, i actually remember the first time i kind of very briefly met you I saw you come in and ask for a day pass, and it was completely booked. It was, it was full. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people in town right now, especially it was because, you know, it was probably more partially because of Nomad Summit. So a lot of people had, you know, got day passes and month passes for pun right. Space, and they, were, they had a big sun that says we're full. Right, right. And you were like, no. <laughs> I have to work here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So what did you end up doing?
1: So I, I, I chatted with the, you know, very nice young lady there at the desk for a little bit and just got on, you know, sort of personable terms with her because, you know, everybody's a human being you can interact with. And, um, you know, I was like, look, basically, I'll do anything. Let me work here. I need to work. Here. Like, seriously, <laughs> that was my purpose. My purpose in the interaction ultimately was was to work there. And I uh, said, I'll work, you know, outside. You know, do you have any room outside? Can I work outside? She said, Oh uh, yeah, yeah, actually, you know what? I guess you can. And so, I went and worked outside and and it worked for everybody because there was no big extra hassle for anybody inside that was competing for space and wasn't any extra sweat off her back and you know, she got, you know, to make a little money for the for the company and I was happy too just to finally be in in the setting. So, you found a win-win-win there.
0: That's cool. I, I really like that mentality where instead of just giving up like a lot of people would have or saying like, "Oh, you know, it wasn't, you know, either it wasn't fate or worse off blaming someone else you know right, right, or like right. I couldn't do that you know blaming the co-working space like oh this space is a piece of crap <laughs> you <laughs> you right? know, blaming, I'm never
1: going back yeah. to Fun space again <laughs> blaming me
0: but like oh fucking Johnny like maybe come over here <laughs> you know but instead you're like okay this. I know what I want this I know this would be good for me and I, I know I can there's a way a uh, gray area away that's breaking the rules technically because mm-hmm. technically they were sold out Right, right, right. Breaking the rules, that really is a win-win for everyone.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, never take things at face value. That's one lesson I've, I've
0: learned. Yeah, But that's definitely a, like an entrepreneur, kind of hustler mentality. You're like, okay, well, how can we make this work? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I mean, part of me wants to be like, well, what you, you should have <laughs> done is just come earlier. <laughs> You're, absolutely right, too. Yeah. You're absolutely right
1: on that, too. That's so. part of that due diligence there. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: But very cool. So you were fixing up this house uh, you you searched online for what what did, what did you actually search for? I
1: actually <laughs> typed in. Um, I was I was hoping you know in my mind there would be some kind of like four hour work week the movie which I knew that wasn't ha- that that wasn't true but I'd love to see what somebody did with that idea of the four hour work week is what I said. So um, I typed it in four hour work week and the first thing that showed up, believe it or not, was uh, a, an interview that Riley did with uh, somebody in Ho Chi Minh in Saigon in Vietnam and. I listened to that and I was like, whoa, cool, like digital nomad making money online. Um, so as you as you know, I had already had kind of an entrepreneurial mindset. So what I started to see develop there was a vehicle. And then the next one I start, so I started going into those. And then when I was looking for all the long format, you know, videos, because I'm working, I don't want to stop every 10 minutes, put on a new video. So I'd listen to the interviews, especially because it allowed me to sort of build a story in my mind and start thinking and visualizing it. And I would get in the zone, I'd be working. And so I saw yours and I was like, man, something tells me I should click on that. So I clicked on it. As soon as you talked about Anton Method, I was like, I was just like, how are these guys doing it? How are these guys, what's what's happening? What do I need to do? So I heard you talk about AntonMethod.com and I was like, all right, whatever it takes, I'm in, let's go. I decided right then and there, no matter what, I didn't care about the cost or anything. That was what I was going to go do. So I waited for the right
0: opportunity, and I
1: went. I went for it.
0: Very, very cool. And you know, you actually brought up another side point that's actually really cool. Is the fact that even though most people consume YouTube in like two to three minute chunks, most people have ADD, and they're just like they want right. these like short videos right. that right. you know just kind of flashy and clickbaity almost. Right, right. That a lot of people are, at least there are people that want like long form interviews or long form like content yeah. where they can just sit down, they can like, you know, have dinner and watch a 20, 30 minute video, or in your case, listen to it in the background.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, as much as, you know, it might be fun to watch those shorter videos there there is, you know, just the fact is it's going to be a lot more difficult, uh, generally to really add a lot of value in a, in a really short amount of time. Um, so that's why, you know, for sure, instead of, surrounding myself with like, you know, listening to music or something like that. I chose to be developing myself in terms of working on my character and working on the property and getting that ready. And also at the same time, I saw that as another win-win because I was developing my mind and and working on, uh, you know, a potential future with making money online.
0: Very cool. So where are you in that journey right now? Because actually, how long ago was that? And then where are you now? Right. So that's been something that's taken place over
1: the last year, um, between then and now that I first came across this stuff. And uh, I had commented a few times on your videos, and you said, you know, cool, James, you know, maybe I'll see you out here, or something like that, right? And I was like, he doesn't know. He will see me. <laughs> so, so, uh, um, yeah. So, as part as far as where I am in the journey right now, I've I've launched my site, I, and I came across your talk actually at last year's Nomad Summit, and it was um, it was hacking MVP, and for me, that was something I identified with because uh, as somebody that ha- isn't necessarily super techie. I mean, I can do the basic stuff. I was like, you know what? I'm building this thing up with my mind and saying, you know, oh, I'm not techie enough. You know, like it's, this is too difficult. And I said, that's garbage, man. You know, hack MVP. If it's marketable, you'll, you'll see some promise there. And so I decided to myself, first of all, I, I heard something. I heard another interview that you were on and you said, nomad summit's going to be coming up in, in uh, February, you know, so you still have a few months. And I was like, you know, what? I'm not going to wait another year. I'm not going to wait another year. It wasn't easy. It wasn't ideal. You know, for sure. I wish I had some time. Wish I, you know, got everything perfect. It wasn't going to happen. So I decided. That's very cool. So during this last year, were you like, wh- like, what were you doing for like work wise? Right. Uh, actually, um, I guess it was it was more like uh, it was it was, a little, it was more like eighteen months or so like that because actually over the last year I had been on a on a consulting project uh, with a high profile politician which we <laughs> won't go into right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so, so okay so you had a like a full-time job
1: oh yeah okay. oh, yeah so but before that contract and I, I didn't understand that that was gonna happen that was why timing really wasn't ideal because uh you know for me to come out it wasn't what we would think of as ideal when we say oh we're gonna wait until this wait until that because when I did that I expected it would be a very short stint but they wanted to keep me on so I wasn't able to fix my house and work on the drop shipping store I had to put it down for actually from August um, until November. Okay. So. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I've seen your
0: site. Like, that there's no way that took
1: eighteen <laughs> right. months <of> to build.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, but that makes sense. I mean, I I bet you there's a lot of people at home listening to this that are in a similar position where they have a full time job and they don't have that much time to do a side project. Yeah. But, uh, like, what were your your tips to them be to like stay focused and not just you know have it completely you know fall off the, the face of Earth or like have it stay on your mind.
1: You need to realize that, uh, I would say, and I'm, you know, clearly early on my journey, I would say you need to realize uh, you need to associate fully with the pain, you know, because cause a lot of times the idea of a pleasure is not enough. It's not enough to think about, yeah, I'll be living that life. That'll be cool. You know, that's one side of it. The other side is like, do you really want to live another year of your life the same that you've just done and not get anywhere? Not go to a place where you can finally give, where you can finally, you know, live to the fullest of your capability, you really want to put that off for another year, I would say the pain is for sure greater than than not taking the action than taking the action there.
0: Wow. I, I think that's really, really good advice. And I think that's actually the biggest problem with a lot of people who want this lifestyle or kinda try it. Even some people that show up mm. here, like to be honest, yeah. is they're like, I right, well yeah, like I would like my life to be easy. I would like it to be sunshine and coconuts. And they they might even make the journey out here. But then they don't have that drive to actually put in the work to make it succeed. So then they kind of just like, well, you know, look, like this is bull crap, you know, like I'm right. here now and then now what? Nobody's given, you no, know, nobody's handed me right. money. It's not
1: magically appearing <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> right. Right. No, you're absolutely right. right. I mean, and, and I, I was talking about this uh, with some of the people I've been talking with earlier as well, but um, sometimes we have a tendency, especially back in the US, to. And anywhere, really, I guess it's human nature to settle into a comfort zone where you're like, yeah, this sucks. I won't be doing this forever. You know, let me just go out and drink or let me just go out and, you know, have a good time. I'll forget about this for a while. And that was part of my reason why I I refused as much as I really wanted to go out and, and go to the bars and whatever like that. I love having fun. I refused to let myself, number one, spend before I was making money from, you know, properly the way I wanted to. Um, But also, I didn't want to dull that pain. I didn't want to forget about it or escape it. I wanted to, you know, I recognized that ultimately it was going to take an acknowledgement of it and facing it, not trying to, you know, drink it away or distract myself from
0: it. That's that's smart. That's really good because you're absolutely right. I think most people that are unhappy in their lives, they do things like, I don't know, order pizza, binge watch Netflix, drink some beers at home. Yeah. Feel a little bit better for a couple hours and then
1: yeah you're fine right yeah let's let's imagine that you know you're you're old now and you've done that every time you felt down and now you're looking back are you gonna say I'm so glad I I just you know took that took that uh, time off and just kind of I call it taking a few years off life or taking
0: a few months off life that's (laughs) actually my, my my biggest regrets and biggest fears in life has been when I've let months sometimes years pass Without doing anything, mm-hmm. like I, I, I know mm-hmm. there's specific blocks in my in my life where those two years passed, and I wasn't in a better place. My bank account, it was either the same or sometimes even lower. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in better shape. I didn't have better relationships. I didn't, you know, nothing had improved. I probably didn't even learn anything in those two years, mm-hmm. and I just went through the motions, right? And I, and I think that's that is the, probably the most dangerous thing for most people.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and don't don't hide from that. You faced it ultimately, and you were like. I will not let that happen again. Like I'll just not. And it's funny, so funny that you say that now because there was a particular uh, podcast you were on or interview and I heard you say that same exact thing. You said, you know, one of the things that I that I uh, fear the most, one of my greatest fears is being in the same place next year that I was last year. And I was like, whoa, I actually replayed it. I was I was walking around doing something like running an errand or something. I actually stopped, replayed it as soon as I got out and I was like, exactly yeah
0: especially if that place you are right now is not a the, your ideal place
1: yeah 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 and you and you know deep down what whether it is and you know whether you're doing what you're meant to be doing or at least on the path striving to do what you're meant to be doing and that's honestly if you're feeling oh i don't have the energy to do that i would love to i don't have the energy i would say to somebody out there listening to this, the reason you don't have the energy is because you're not striving. It's not the other way around. It's not that you're not stri- It's not that you're not striving because you're going to wait for the energy. Start striving, and the pro. In the process, you you will at a subconscious level recognize that you're at least going towards that future, and you'll start gaining energy from that.
0: I love that. That's you know, it's almost like going to the gym. If you're too tired to go to the gym, mm-hmm. that's when you should probably be going because nobody's ever gone to the gym. <laughs> And then be like, "Oh, I'm too tired. I'm just gonna sit here."
1: <laughs> right, right. But once right. you're
0: there, you end up working out, and then you feel yeah. a million times better yeah. afterwards.
1: Yeah. When have you ever said? I mean, unless you like, unless somebody ever like got like a serious injury or something, like when do you when do you ever finish a workout and you're like, "Oh man, I just crushed that workout. I really wish I hadn't done that." <laughs> like what? That yeah. doesn't happen, man.
0: <laughs> you know. And but then, how many times have you been at home and be like, oh, "I'm a bit tired," or oh, "I'm a bit sore," or you know, and I'm, you know, I like for whatever reason, you have an excuse not to go to the gym and then you just stay home and you feel worse. You feel worse. Absolutely. Yeah. Just
1: uh, recognize that, that if, uh, if you're doing, if you're in the place that you are, cause you're afraid of failing or you're afraid that you don't quite have what it takes yet, you know, just realize that that in and, in and of itself, settling for that and, and kind of resting in that feeling. And especially if you're complaining, especially if you're complaining, that's already failing. You're already failing if, if you're in that position where things kind of suck, but not enough to spur you into action or something like that. Ultimately, you're, you're going to come to a point where you have to face it. And you'd rather it not be years down the line where you're saying, I wish I had started when I did. And I wish I had made the most out of that time because now I'm finally forced to face it instead of forcing myself to face it. So force yourself now so that ultimately circumstances don't force you to face it yourself and on a, on their terms.
0: I like it. So, we just got done having fresh mangoes and coco- yeah. coconut milk <laughs> Americanos. Ooh, I'm
1: still nursing this. This is great, man.
0: And the reason why I invited you on this podcast today, not not only because you have an interesting story, but you asked me a question that really got me thinking. And it made me think so hard that I was like, I cannot believe I've never talked about this on the podcast because I realized how important it was. Mm. Do, you, do you remember what that question was? Yeah,
1: I do. Absolutely. I said, Johnny, and it's something that's, been playing over and over my head, actually, over the last, over maybe my entire life. Like, what's the difference? What's the difference? And I said, Johnny, we were walking to go get this coffee. He said, finally, you know, this seems like the time to ask, Johnny, what is the difference in your opinion between the people that, you know, dip their toes in and, and you never hear from them again or, or that say, oh, Johnny, you know, look, I'm starting my store. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to make money, you know, watch, you know, talk to you soon. And, you know, you never hear from them again or the people that ultimately take action and make it happen no matter what versus the people that
0: said they would and disappear. So that was actually the first question that, that I actually want to talk about as well. Uh, so so for this one, it was basically if you, you need it, you, you, you can't just kind of want it. You, you have to actually need it. Like yes. you actually have to be like. Fuck, Like, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life. Right. You can't just be kind of comfortable and be like, Oh, well, you know what? I'm fine. And that's what my my talk this year at the Nomad Summit was about, is there are so many different levels of where you are in terms of, not only just finance or like income, but also what you actually want with your life and what you want to do with your money. So it's not going to be out for at least a few weeks. Um, so... Check back on nomadsummit.com, uh, put in an email address there, and we'll email you the videos when they're ready. But my talk this year was called the uh, Digital Nomad's Hierarchy of Needs. And mm-hmm. the whole point of it is figuring out where are you on that hierarchy of needs? Are you are you happy there? And if you are, to actually just stay there. Sure. And I think that's advice that nobody ever gives, is that it's okay. Like You're good enough exactly yeah. where you are, as long as you're happy. Right. But as soon as you feel like you need more, you're unhappy, or you want to strive for more, or things are missing, you have to sh- you have to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, because it's not good for you. It's not good for the people around you. It's not good for anyone.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You're not doing anybody any favors either if you're not in a good place yourself, right? Because that's that's when you
0: start trying to pull people down. Yeah,
1: like subconsciously on a subconscious level. Yeah, right. It's, that's why it's your duty to really be where you need to be and where you want to be in life, because. Otherwise, you know, you're not. It's really your duty to be as to be as successful as you can, and if and whether that you know whatever that looks like to you. Because otherwise, you're not giving. You're not being a giving person. You're just being a taker.
0: Definitely. And I hate even bringing light to this all the time. But in a lot of the Facebook groups now, it used to be just anonymous um, places like Reddit or other online forums. But now Facebook groups have become like polluted with these haters and these negative people. Yeah. And I, I, I would guarantee you it's because something's not fulfilled in their life.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that, you'd never meet somebody that's where they want to be in life. And that's like truly, genuinely content and fulfilled where they
0: are. That's
1: trying to bring other people down. It just doesn't happen, man.
0: And a big part of me feels genuinely bad for these people. So I, that's why I continue commenting in them. I try to help people. I try mm-hmm. to like, you know, I, I'll write like full <laughs> blog posts to explain like the mm-hmm. thing that they're like. Let's say, you know. I don't know, whatever like whatever their question their big gripe is. Right. I'll write a full blog post. I'll create a video, and I'll satisfy that answer because I felt like maybe this is what they really need for them to move on and then start doing things right for themselves and you know maybe even for the community. But then what will happen <laughs> is then they'll just find something else.
1: Right. Well, that sucks anyway.
0: Like falling on blind eyes, man. Yeah. You know they're not receptive. They're not receptive. Man. So I finally un- completely <laughs> unfollowed that group. Uh, I've turned off the notifications for it. And I vow that I might post some stuff in there to start a conversation, but I'm mm. not being in, in those in the comments anymore. Right. Right? Like I, I'm never reading the, the comments again. I'm never replying to the comments because it just drains me so much.
1: Right, right. No, no, exactly. That's a that's another form of. That's a good. Rec- that's good that you recognize that too, right? Because ultimately, you're not adding value to them at that point because they're not ready for it. You know, even no matter what you said, like you said, if you could write a long blog post about it. They're really not ready. They're only looking for somebody there. It's like misery loves company at that point. So better to spend your time and energy elsewhere.
0: Yeah, definitely. So the actual like question that I wanted to answer on air and have this this whole episode be about was when you asked me about limiting beliefs.
1: Yes. That was the one. That was the second question I asked when we were sitting down, right?
0: Yes. All right. So go ahead and ask it again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, So... I was definitely. I've been. I've been talking and, and sitting down to do some interviews with some of the other speakers. And for everybody I asked, uh, in your in your in your opinion and your journey and your way to get to where you are now, certainly you know I have had, and cer- certainly perhaps you've had as well, uh, some li- limiting self beliefs along the way. And what was your process for overcoming them? Was it something that you gen- that you uh, consciously undertook? Or was that something that just kind of happened as you as you started taking a- taking action?
0: So the reason why I didn't want to just quickly answer it is I know how deep this is, and this this was a lifelong journey for me. I would say yeah. for at least the last ten years I've been actively working on this, mm-hmm. and I haven't really like figured it out until very recent, like literally a few months ago. Hmm. So I would say the. And, and here this, here's the thing, is these self-limiting beliefs or not you know not believing in ourselves or not having the self-esteem uh, to know that we're good enough, uh, this hurts us so much. Yeah. Not only in our personal lives, and our relationships, and in business, and everything, in like in literally everything, you know? So if anyone's listening to this right now, where you feel like you're, you're not good enough or that, you know, just- You can't
1: not, get here too or whatever it is you want to do in
0: life. Exactly. Uh, and- it, this is my my journey, okay? So the first big part of it was actually women. Like it was, I th- you know, I think yeah, when I was, as soon as a teenager, I was like, I want a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how to get a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, I had no idea how to talk to girls. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really matter because none of my friends seemed like they cared that much about dating until one day they magically all had girlfriends. <laughs> and then I was like, well, oh crap, what, like what do I do now? So I was, I was thinking, it's like, okay, when I get a car, then I'll have a girlfriend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: So, you know, I was like, more towards, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to wait. Right? I'm going to wait until I get a car. Then I got a car, but it was like a 88 you know, Pontiac. And I was like, okay, I need a good car. I need a better car. Like, no no girls want to date me with this crap <laughs> right. car. So I was like, okay, once I get a better car, then girls will like me. Then I can get a girlfriend. And once I got that, I was like, okay, now I need to fix it up. You know, I was like, you know, I need rooms. Like, <laughs> right. duh, right? Yeah, I of course, I man. Yeah, I can't have these like hubcaps, because <laughs> you know what? Girls gonna want to date me with hubcaps. Exactly, man. And and it almost sounds silly now, like thinking back. Especially, you know, I'm I'm sure 100 percent of the, the women listening to this are like, like, were you stupid? But I was, you know. And hmm. like, guys, like, it's for whatever reason, we this is just what we th- we thought. And there's a Chris Rock joke about like why guys will like roll up. You know, to a stoplight or something. See a cute girl, and as soon as she smiles, he like drives off as fast as he can <laughs> and makes like as much noise as he can. And it's because it's our best idea so far.
1: <laughs> and you know, maybe with right.
0: Jerry Seinfeld, but it was like right. I, I did that. I had an exhaust in my car. I had like a loud sound system to get attention. Mm. And I and I felt like I needed that mm. just to even just that little bit of attention. Mm. And it didn't come from a selfish place. I think it's very easy to look at a douchebag, uh, you know, or someone who like has this loud exhaust, and ha- loud music to be like, oh, that guy is just a douchebag. He just wants to annoy other people. But if you really, really think about it, that person who was me was so insecure that we almost felt like if we didn't have people looking at us. If we didn't make this loud noise. Then we were nobody.
1: Yeah. There's no validation. you, you know, Right.
0: Yeah, and that was a another big part of my talk is from the hierarchy of needs. In the bottom, you have you know your basic um, you know living needs like food, shelter, water. Then you have more like stability, financial stability, home stability, things like that. But then that's when you get to like the the, the esteem need. Well, no, then you have your, your you know your deeper friendships and connections and um, family, and then after that you have your esteem needs, your, your kind of self-esteem needs, um, and you know, I think I don't. I don't know why it was. It took such a big hold of me. I didn't. You know, like I. I. I don't know if every guy in the world feels out this way because I know. You know, mating is is basic human evolution. So we all need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I almost felt like for me, like it was, it was such a part of my life where if I didn't have a girlfriend, I was nobody. Or if I didn't ever get married, or if I, you know, like a girl didn't like me, I was a loser. Hmm. And. I honestly do not know where that that stemmed from or where it came from. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it was because, you know, somebody was mean to me as a kid or just because it was built up for so long before I ever actually, you know, had, like, you know kissed a girl, held a girl's hand. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if I was if, if if that started when I was like, you know, puppy dog, you know, uh, phase, if I was 13 or something, just holding hands casually and, you know, just having a girlfriend, I, I think my life would be very different today. Hmm. But the fact that it wasn't until I was 17 that I even held a girl's hand mm-hmm. and I was so socially awkward and so shy about it. That really played a big impact in my life. And that was my a huge part of insecurity. Hmm.
1: Wow. Wow. Uh, that's, that's interesting that you say that because um, it reminds me that if you don't give yourself validation first, you're going to look for it to come from somewhere else. And it's always going to be for you. Maybe that was it it you know for other people maybe it's you know another thing maybe it's your health maybe it's your money but if you don't find a way to give it to yourself and earn it you have to earn it if you're going to give it to yourself you have to earn it too because you can't just do it out of nowhere
0: i I love that that you brought that up because that's that was the 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 solution uh so i went through that you know throughout high school a little bit of college and it got it really got bad after college because during college was okay because you know you're busy. Um, I had a bunch of guy roommates who played video games, mm-hmm. and then there was always girls around just because you are in college, you mm-hmm. know. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I and I even had a girlfriend in college, so everything was okay. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until after college, I graduated, that I was alone again, <laughs> right? You know, and then I'm like, well, how am I supposed even post date? Like, I have no idea how to meet a girl or talk to a girl, you know. And it wasn't that I was shy; like, I was, you know, I always was a social person. But I was just so awkward around women. Like I couldn't look them in the eye. Mm. I like could not have a normal conversation. Uh, and you know, it just I was just so uncomfortable. Mm. And that is when I read the book "The Game" by Neil Strauss. Yeah. Turns out, actually, to be a very good author. Even if you don't read that book,
1: oh, read fantastic them. writer. Yeah,
0: all his books are great. a
1: communicator, really.
0: And I read the book and I thought, wow, somebody has figured this out. Like I wish I would have read this book when I was. Twelve or thirteen, and mm-hmm. I, all of a sudden, I felt like somebody understood me. That there were other people in the world that were like me, and that there was something I could do about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And that was a catalyst of of change. And unfortunately, it was also two years of you know learning, you know, cheesy pickup lines <laughs> and like creepily trying to you know meet <laughs> girls at bars and just you know. And the worst part of it was definitely. Instead of me, you know, being like needing to get validation from girls, it was actually I needed validation from the, from the other guys, mm. which is weird. Hmm. You know, uh, it was like a really weird stage where it was most of the pickup community, and the reason why it's so crazy, like crazy and kind of cheesy, is because it's a bunch of guys. It's it's a bunch of guys that are all bad with women,
1: <laughs>
0: teaching each other how to be slightly less bad. <laughs> And then trying to impress the crap out of each other by like, our <laughs> successes, like, oh, you just you know, I kissed that girl. Yeah, you know, she can beat your chest. Here's a stress. photo of me yeah. kissing her to, for proof, because you know, <laughs> like you, you wouldn't believe me if I just told you, because right. we are that you know nerdy and, and like that. Like, <laughs> if I don't have a like a photo of it, then like didn't this, happen. It didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> and then I have to like break down exactly how it happened, and unfortunately, you know, now be, like that is always going to be a part of my past that I honestly tried to just forget about. I don't know if yeah. I would
1: forget about that if I was you because you know what? It, it showed that you could improve something with, you know, you could, there was an emphasis on progress. There was an emphasis on systemizing something that you wanted to make progress in. So I'm not sure it was it was something that you'd want to forget if it was me. And I mean, I, I totally identify with what you're saying, man. I mean, that's an important human element that, you know, we all have to, to face at one point, especially if you want to be everything you can be.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree, and like, I don't regret wanting to you know improve myself or you know putting myself out there and saying like, okay, today I'm gonna try to talk to ten strangers. Yeah. Or today I'm gonna try to hold eye contact for more than a millisecond. Right. These are all things that I think are actually super beneficial to anybody, both men and women. But what I and you know what, and so here's actually the, the what has gotten me in trouble is. People, you know, dig up, you know, like, oh, Johnny, like eight years ago, did this, or he wrote <laughs> this, or he took this photo, oh, and remember. you know, what, it was embarrassing, which is why yeah. I never talk about it. Yeah. Um, but from that, like, from that, even that point, I think that was actually probably the first time. But I every every time I learned something that worked, I wanted to share it with other people.
1: Right. You see. Yeah, so you got a peek, you had a glimpse there. Didn't ultimately take that form. It's not like you're still doing, do, you know, involved directly in that today. But it gave you a glimpse of what was, and so you kind of pivoted from that. So that's why I think it's actually something that was very valuable for you.
0: It was definitely very valuable, not only for me, but everyone who I can help today, exactly, with business or even with scuba diving. Because as soon as I learned how to scuba dive, and I thought it was amazing, and then I learned things like buoyancy control, which is just like controlling your like your body underwater uh, and not looking like a clownfish, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I wanted to teach other people, you know, yeah. even equalizing ears, you know, like um, when your ears start having that pressure from being in yeah. the water, kind of like being on a plane. I wanted to teach people the way that I learned how I finally got over it because a lot of people assume I learn things very easily or quickly because that's what it seems like sometimes. Yeah, it does seem, yeah. But it actually takes me, I'm. it's really hard for me to learn things. Hmm. And the only way that I can learn something is if I have a like above average teacher. I can never Mm. learn it on my my own. I have to have an excellent teacher that Mm. really breaks it down, really explains things well in a way that I can digest it. Mm. And I think because of that, I've always wanted to share and become that teacher pretty much as soon as I learn something. Like as a white belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I wanna like show people who have never started like the very basic foundations that I wish somebody would've showed me on my first day.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right, man. That's such a value add too. But it's
0: like like what
1: you said, man. You never know where it's going to come from, but certain things in your life end up being a catalyst for something that's so huge and momentous. Like You would never ultimately want to trade that experience, even if it's not where you ultimately ended up for anything, because it was the catalyst. It was the the spark, the ignition that brought you to ultimately a more precise vision of of your ideal life.
0: And I love that mentality. And I do think you're absolutely correct. I think the the only reason why it, it hurts me today is because people that are looking for reasons not to like somebody or to not trust right. somebody, they'll find
1: something, man. They will like. <laughs> they, you worked know, in, in politics, so it's <laughs> right.
0: People will dig up things from the past. Oh, for sure. And be like, okay, well, what he's teaching today cannot be valid because eight years ago he was an asshole.
1: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right.
0: And it sucks, you know, and. Like, that is the last thing I want because it's not hurting necessarily me because, uh, to be honest, all publicity is good publicity. (laughs) In a weird way. Yeah, yeah. The more people talk trash about me online, the more followers I get, the more people listen to this podcast. And the more blog readers I get, the more money I end up making from advertising and from, you know, everything. More people buy my books. Yeah. So part of me should just be like, "All right, fuck it, yeah. Get <laughs> away, guys." You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's funny how that works out.
0: But I think what like worries me about it is I don't want people like in a position like you were in, where you were in this fucking dark house working <laughs> your ass off with no hope, and then being like, "Well, I've read, you know, in this fucking Facebook group that nothing works, that online no online business works, everything's a scam, and I'm just not gonna try
1: it." Well, I know I'm going to say something to that, that I think you already, you already know that too, know this too. And uh, you guys probably already know this instinctually as well, whoever's listening. But if you're going to find a reason not to, you'll find a reason. If you want a reason not to, you'll find a reason. There's always reasons not to. There's also always reasons to. So if, you know, those people that are influenced by something like that, we're already going to be influenced by something else. If it wasn't, if it wasn't that, that's my opinion.
0: You know, and I think the ultimate like person, someone who's really strong-headed, has good self-esteem, is confident. They will have that mentality. But I think from if it was me, any little doubt, any little seed of doubt would have prevented me from really trying. Hmm. And I think I was so lucky, and this is why I push this lifestyle so hard. I was so close to just going home, getting a, another corporate job that I hated. And living a life that I hated. Mm. I was so close. And yeah. all it would have took, and I hate to admit this because it makes me, you know, sound so weak. I was insecure enough in myself, in my beliefs, in you know, in everything that if one anonymous person posted somewhere on a mess on a message board, on a comment somewhere saying, you know, oh, that's a scam or that doesn't work, I would have been like, Oh yeah, well, you know, good thing I read that. Now I'm not going to try.
1: Right, right, and maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. However, if ultimately something was was something that you were gonna that you know deep down you you wanted as a path, that might dissuade you from one certain method or one certain way. But that was something you probably
0: would have done it another way. But do you know how many people have been like quote unquote like an entrepreneur, digital nomad, trying for like three years now, and they have they've never done anything. Successful, like they, you know, right? You know, maybe, maybe they're like freelancing or something where they have enough money to get by, get by, right. but they haven't actually built a, a business because they bounce from one method to another method to another yeah. method right. and never actually go full in because they have those doubts in their mind or because you know they kind of go halfway through and then they're like, you know, let me, let me, you know, read all these negative comments, you know, and it could be anything. It could Be like, let's say Amazon FBA. I guarantee if you guys Google Amazon FBA is a scam or Amazon <laughs> FBA doesn't work, I guarantee you oh, you'll yeah. find a ton of flooding. things saying. For
1: sure, for sure.
0: But it does work. And it, and it, like it's ridiculous. And the, here's the thing is most of the people that are successful with it, they don't give a fuck. What, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: They're not, you know, it's actually very rare. You know, people that really hate something or they're, they're set on it are going to be the ones that are commenting and making posts about it. The people who are succeeding are just kind of like, Oh, here I am. You know, I'm doing my thing, man. You know, it's cool. You know, like you're like these people that we meet at the summit, you know, how many of them are going to be writing those posts that are saying, Oh man, it's been working for me. And here's what's going A lot of them are just kind of living their life and they're just like, this is cool. It's working for me.
0: You yeah. Know? And part of me wishes that everyone, you know, who did come or is successful would take the time and energy to to either create content, educate others, you know, take the time to go on podcasts or write blog posts or, you know, whatever it is, right? Mm. Mm. But I know that's not going to happen. You know, I know part of it is because people are busy running their own lives, especially if they have a successful business, they're probably busy with that. Second, they're like, ah, whatever, you know, like, like, I don't have time for that. Or they don't want to be involved. It, I think it it like, I'm, I think it's like a very rare thing for someone to be like, throw me in the fire guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's absolutely right. But it's what you said though. It comes back to, you know, you, you can, you can kind of putz around for a few years or however long it is for you without when, you know, and you, you give yourself enough, you know, that you're like, Oh, this is what I'm working on, you know, but Get to that point, and you already know if you're not. Everybody already knows. Are you full in already on what you're doing? Are you all in? Are you committed? Because, and I've said this. I said this earlier with David. Um, you know, if you, I heard this quote, it goes, and it, but it's absolutely true. If you're interested in something, you'll do whatever is convenient. But if you're committed, you'll do whatever it
0: takes. I like that. It's a great quote. So one of the reasons why I had the Nomad Summit every year, and also I try to do as many event in-person events as possible In Chiang Mai, every week we have the Nomad Coffee Club meetups. When I'm in town, I make sure I bust my ass to make sure we get the best speakers that happen to be in town. Um, We you know get as many people into it as possible. And luckily, it still actually goes on even when I'm not in town because there's such a good community here. Usually, somebody takes it over. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I can't can't really. uh, I can't control that when I'm out of town, so mm. I'm hoping it continues because I think it's very needed. Mm. Uh, but I know for sure the big event, the Nomad Summit, which I have direct control over, happens. And the reason, one of the big reasons why I put it together, isn't just for like the speakers to teach; it's for you guys to meet each other in person.
1: Absolutely, that is one hundred percent valuable because if you're out there right now and you're thinking. Oh, Johnny's, you know, I'll find the, I found the talks. I'll find the talks online. That is the worst kind of mentality you could have about it, which, which is awesome that, that you're sharing them, Johnny. That's so sweet. That's awesome. At the same time, guys, if you think you're going to kind of like hack your way around it and just say, Oh, I'll save the money. I won't have to go in there. That's an excuse that you're using most likely not to commit. So guys, if you didn't make it, you know, if you're thinking and you'd like this lifestyle and, you know, you're, you're interested in, in making things happen here. You know decide whether you're committed or not decide one way or another whether you're ultimately committed if you're not then okay then make that decision but don't like you know play around and toy with this idea for years and ultimately that's kind of like tormenting yourself make a decision whether or not you're gonna go for it and if you do decide that you just decide actually right now decide right now if you didn't come or even if you did or whatever decide right now whether you're gonna be here at Nomad Summit 2018 don't play around anymore decide right now I'm you on the spot are you coming Absolutely, man. There's no messing around. You're not going to, you're not going to, like I said, you can watch those videos online, but you, if you want the full experience, you want to get around the people who are living this, who are aspiring for this. And you and I were talking about this when we were having coffee, man. Um, You know, either you are, you either you're, you're part of this and you're making this a part of your vocabulary and you're living this, you're breathing it. Or you're just kind of like oh, that's kind of nice so get around here get around the people who are already doing it it will exponentially increase your ability to take personal action it's gonna exponentially increase you know your likelihood of success so just get it get out here just find a way to make it happen
0: I actually think that even just by committing to coming so it, this definitely isn't a way to sell 2018 no matter what tickets because it's not even available yet. <laughs> like, like you're not going to even be able to buy a ticket for at least eight months. <laughs> so, unless I'm the smartest market in the world, which I'm definitely not, <laughs> like this this wasn't planned. But, but by having that commitment of saying, okay, like next January 2018, I'm going to be in my no matter what. What that does is that gives your brain a a milestone. It says, okay, well, I got a year to make it happen. Or I got six months to make it happen like let's let 's get on this mm-hmm. and I think that is vital,
1: yeah, no you're absolutely right and and uh parkinson 's law, if you 've read four hour work weeks which a number of you probably have. Um, don't say, oh, it's a year. I have a few months to think about it and play around with my head. Don't do that. Don't, don't do it. Do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor. Just decide right now. And if you're not, if you decide you're not, no, I'm really probably not. I mean, I like to think about it, but I'm really probably not. Then make that your decision because there's nothing, there's almost nothing you could do worse than to sort of toy around in life and, and, you know, kind of play around. Let, let yourself go all in just, just one way or another, go all in. I, I like it a lot. So what did you actually like about the summit? Oh my God, by far, it was getting around the people with a like-minded attitude. Like I said, we talked about this at lunch. It's ironic that that uh, you're going to go uh, to a different continent to get around people that have this, this concentration of like-minded people, right? So it's funny because wherever you guys are right now, if you're interested in, in this kind of community, um, there's a good chance that you know it's pretty tough for you. Maybe you have one or two people or a small group that are like-minded there. It's everywhere here. It's everywhere here. So it's ironic that you come to a different continent, but I guarantee you the value just to hang around, even if the entire summit wasn't here, even if it was you were just coming to be around other people here in Chiang Mai, that would be valuable enough. And the this the summit is awesome. So make it
0: make it both and go all in. I think what I liked most about the summit were two things I weren't even planned. <laughs> I want to talk about one. Yeah, highlight ahead. of it, actually. Go ahead, jump on it.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, because you just, when you talk about the highlight, man, even just thinking about it, man. When you got up on stage at the end of the day and you went into some of your story, and if you mentioned this on the podcast, but seeing it in person and feeling the energy of the room and everybody just come alive with the same emotion, you talked about your journey along the hierarchy of needs for a digital nomad and an entrepreneur. And you got to the point where you said, now's my time to give back. And that became part of your reality, came part of your system and you retired your mom. You said, mom, whatever you're making now, I don't want you to have to, to work hard. Let me just write you a check for whatever you're making. And at the time, you didn't make a big deal out of it. But then when you when it sunk in, you realized that you retired your mom. I was sh- literally just thinking about it right now. It's That's amazing. That is amazing. Because ultimately there's only so much you can do for yourself. And right now, if you don't feel the energy and the drive, there's also a good chance that you're only thinking about yourself instead of thinking about the things and the people that you really care about. And, and so just think about that and associate that because if you guys are of that age where, where you have parents and you care about them and love them, and you're thinking about improving, I'm guarantee there's, there's a version of that, or you would like to do the same thing. And ultimately, I I'm telling you right now, Johnny, that's a dream of mine to be able to retire my mom and, and ultimately maybe even to get her house. I love that, buddy. Thank you, man. Thank yeah, you for I sharing that. that. It was so powerful. It was literally internalized on such such a deep level. Guys, you gotta get here if you if you're interested in this. Make like seriously, find a way.
0: I love that, man. And you know what? D- don't just have it be a dream. Have it be a goal. <sighs> like go, like seriously, go home and write that down as a goal.
1: A commitment. Write yeah. it down right now, guys. Seriously, like if you if you're serious about it, make a make your mind up. Write it down that you will come.
0: Yeah. You know, or your bigger goal. I mean, like honestly, I don't really. I mean, I would like everyone to come. But
1: whatever rather, that is, to yeah, you.
0: I'd rather have everyone write down, you know, I'm going to retire my mom or I'm going to be able to, you know, afford to take care of my brother or right. my kids or uh, maybe, you know, donate this amount of money to charity <laughs> or like build a school, build a house, whatever it is, like whatever your why right. is. Write that down, because to me that's way more important. Right. I mean, coming to the nomad summit is this is just, a step along the way. Yeah,
1: exactly. Which is
0: why it's important, and it's not an end goal. Like, it, I don't want people thinking like, okay, you, you like you you've made it here now. No, like, hand <laughs> right. me some money. <laughs> right. That's not You're gonna right. happen.
1: <laughs> right, right. It's a what I said. Why why it's so important is because you got to associate that that reason why, and then take the steps along the way. Because don't. Always put something off to the future and say someday I'll be able to do this and then not do the interim things because things don't happen overnight there's something right now you could be doing once you decide what that why is to you every day and you should be doing every day to bring you closer to that and this ha- coming here it could be and I hope it is one of those things I, I love that man
0: I love that so the, the now the two things that the highlights of my day see you man They're no, no, like the, the man himself they were small I mean right. <laughs> so like aside from all the talks, they're, they're amazing. But it was when I just candidly in the morning, I was just curious. I was, just curious. I was like, hey, um, you know, did anyone travel like specifically to come here? And so many hands were raised. I was like, yeah. really? I was like, yeah. that many of you guys flew internationally just to come to the summit? That's insane. And then when I started asking people where they're from, like it was literally <laughs> yeah. all the globe. Yeah. Like, so at the Nomad, uh, about that. The, the pool party the next day, which is kind of like the chill day after the Nomad Summit. It's a casual way for people to like hang out, relax, and just get to know each other. I went around with just my iPhone and I just made a little quick video. And I was like, you know, can you, can you tell everyone your name, where you're from, and something you liked about the summit. And it was crazy that people were, you know, from all over the world, you know, like all around Asia, Australia, people from Sweden. There's a guy from South Africa with his son, which is amazing. And then and they said mm-hmm. that they have not spent this much time together, like for I don't know uh, decades.
1: Wow! Then there was also a father and son from Bulgaria as well, and the, know, very, yeah,
0: son and, said he's going. Father said, you know what, I'm gonna come too. Yeah, and it was like he said it was like just that bonding experience and having something they mutually can work on and they enjoy doing together. It's amazing. That's sweet, man. And there was a guy from Zimbabwe, <laughs> yeah, from right. South America that came. That's right. Uh, obviously, a lot of Americans, Canadians. It was that was awesome to me.
1: Yeah, cool. the ra- the actual physical representation of it is because you you guess instinctually that there's people from all over doing this, but seeing you know because it's really a uniting force. It really is. It's so awesome, so powerful, man. I was so glad that you actually had everybody raise their hands like that.
0: That was cool. And then so then later on that day, just out of curiosity too, and this wasn't planned either. <laughs> oh shit. I would, yeah, one. I was just like, you know, like, I'm just curious, like, who here is kind of just starting out? People will raise their hand. I said, okay, you know, like, how many of you guys are actually making enough where you can continue living here if you wanted to? Like, you know, how many of you are, I don't want to say, like, I'll, let's call it sustainable digital nomad income. Like, in Chiang Mai, thousand bucks a month, you can live here as, as long as you want. Mm-hmm. And a ton, like, more, like, it was like, almost, like, probably 70% of the room raised their hand. I was surprised. Like, well, that's yeah. that's cool to hear Me that. too, man. And then I just kept going. I was like, "How many people are making three grand a month?" I said five grand a month, and I was almost expecting people to stop raising their hands, <laughs> especially yeah. you because know, people in the audience. These weren't yeah. like the speakers or anything. These just people in the audience. And then when I said, "Kept going." I was like, "Is anyone here making six figures a year with their online income?" <sighs> and ha- like, ha- like, what? Like, how many? Like, it was almost twenty percent of the room. <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. And I was like, "What are you guys doing here?" Yeah, right.
1: But that just goes to show that you know nobody. You know, in this in this mentality, thinks they're too big or too good to get more knowledge and get around the people. They see the value in this guys, so we see such a broad spectrum of people that saw the value in getting around like minded people. You should be one of you could be one of those people.
0: And I feel so bad for the people that are already in Chiang Mai that didn't even have to travel, that didn't come because either their their mindset was that nothing works, everything's a scam, or that they were. Either too broke or too cheap to afford a early bird ticket that was less than hundred bucks and included lunch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: You know. Uh, I and mean, but I feel really bad for the people that wanted to come, but some idiot online like talked them out of it, saying, "Oh yeah, don't go there because yeah. all they're going to do is, you know, everyone's going to try to sell you something. Mm. You know, it's going to be no value. Nobody there is making money. And I, like, I mean, as an attendee, you like, you paid for a ticket.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, did, like, did you get your money's worth? Oh, for sure. By far. That's why I was, I did it so, especially like you said, the early bird ticket. I was like, what? Yeah. You know, I
0: was and like, was like, and did any of the speakers try to sell you anything?
1: It was not a single pitch. I was, I was surprised. And I wouldn't have even technically really been bothered because I was still would have gotten the value from it, even if there yeah, was. And but. I actually
0: told all the speakers, I was like, look, as long as like the majority of your, 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 your speech is content, I don't mind if you spend the last minute saying, by the way, check out my website or this is my course or this is my book. I like, I don't mind that. I think, you know, like, they volunteer to come here, uh, you know, if they want, like, you know, and the people in the audience that got a lot from them would probably love to buy their course or read their book or, you know, uh, w- like, whatever product they have. Mm-hmm. So, like, that ad didn't even mind. And it was the fact that, like, nobody, <laughs> yeah, like, Jubril has a c- course, uh, a, a, a a Facebook ads course, mm-hmm. didn't even mention it.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. You know, like yeah.
0: David's whole thing was about courses. Didn't even mention Link. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It was, but that just goes to show, like you know, you really did a you know massive props to you. You did a great job cultivating the right people that were in it for a reason. You know, a real you know a genuine heartfelt reason that they wanted to help others, and I think that really came through. And that was a big part of the value too. Just that general spirit of we're in this together, guys. Let's make this happen. Let's make this work. We got one shot here, as far as we know, on life. Don't put things off until next time around because you don't know. I love it.
0: And so one of the reasons why I continue doing this is, and this is actually a little bit sad, a little bit dark, is because I think there's a a chance. I don't know how big of a chance, but I think there's a very, very big chance that if people like me stop organizing in-person events in Chiang Mai, that Chiang Mai will no longer become the digital nomad haven of people coming and helping each other because... Imagine Hmm. if there was no online events, there's no wait uh, or no in person events and you came here and you you know, there would like it would be pretty hard to meet anyone, first off. Oh yeah. The only place you can meet each other is in the Facebook groups or in Reddit, and then you go on there and everybody's (laughs) spewing hate. Right.
1: What would happen?
0: Like imagine like seriously, imagine that for a second, right? You flew here for whatever reason the the summit was canceled right yeah. which it wasn't all right but right. luckily like, <laughs> like and then there was no there's no in person events and then you went on facebook and into one of those groups and then you read that like how like like how would that make you feel
1: personally for me at this point and i i'm not sure whether i could always say this yeah. at this point I would say I'm not I'm not allowing anybody else's opinion to I, I have to be open to what I experience rather than somebody's opinion online that I've never met that I don't have any context for I don't know what whether they skipped lunch or breakfast and they're grumpy so that's something that I've had to do but for for sure some people that that are a little bit more tentative in their in their in their footsteps here um, maybe that could and and maybe that's why this is such a meaningful higher purpose that you've that you've developed here because for sure. You already know that this is impacting you know tons of lives you know for the better positive change and I'm sure that's so fulfilling for you because you know just just being around that and feeling that energy is is so powerful man and I really appreciate it and people really appreciate that I think I think I could probably speak for everybody here that that came I mean, it's, it's really genuinely appreciated
0: I appreciate that I really do uh, so I want to kind of leave everyone with a couple actionable tips on how to get over the actual self-limiting beliefs. Love it. Yeah. So I would say first off, don't rush it because it, it might take time. It took me mm-hmm. almost ten years. Um, but I think you can kind of streamline it a little bit by just kind of following these couple steps, all right? So one is definitely believe it's possible. I think the the just by you guys listening to this podcast, you guys are already at least on that step, right? Mm-hmm. You know, find some inspiration somewhere, find some guidance, find mm-hmm. some steps, find people who've done it. Second, make yourself physically uncomfortable. Mm and push that because i think once you've pushed that physical boundary and you've accomplished something it makes it easier to push the mental ones. Yeah. So for me personally, i, I think the first thing i did was i did a tough mudder, which is a uh, this adventure race where it was like 13 miles, a bunch of obstacles. I
1: totally want to do that, man.
0: And i never thought i was going to finish one of those. But the fact that you train for something like that and you get through it, it gives you this mental like boost like okay, at least i've done it.
1: You raise your self-concept through things like that.
0: Exactly. So the second thing that I did was I I mastered something. So to me, getting to a point where you can like you know get black belt level in something, for me it was scuba diving. I was like, okay, I mean it took a while. It took like a couple years to get to like that black belt level where you know at that point like you don't even need to be an instructor. You can just be a dive master. But just like now I know you know how to take care of myself, but also how to take care of others, and then also Mm -hmm. how to show other people. How to get started? Yeah, and I think once you can get that, whether it's you know really in anything, yeah. But like once you've known, like oh wow, I can actually go from zero to hero. That really gives you this impact.
1: Yeah, like, so so yeah. key, absolutely, man.
0: Uh, and then I would say, get a get a, like a taste for financial success. I think even making that first sale cements in your mind that it works. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. me, the only reason why I was so confident when I started Anton's course and knowing that I would be successful with that is because I had made money through selling my Kindle book before that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: even though selling my Kindle book doesn't make that much money, it was still a couple hundred bucks that I never yeah. thought would be possible. Right. So that was my first step. was like, okay, let me make, you know, even if you guys just make a hundred bucks online, but, you know, and, you know, I'd write about a, about how to do that on johnnyfd.com. I have like one post called like how to make money online, even if you're broke. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. there's no excuse not to be able to make a hundred bucks. No online, excuse, all right. Do it. You know, get to that, and then be like, okay, if I can, if I can do this, I can definitely build this next business.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely right. You know, you, part of the process for sure is just showing yourself that it's possible, even on a small scale. Because once you do take that one step, you could do, and the, a lot of this is, is tricks that you can play with yourself and your mind. Guys you already know this. You are in charge. We are in charge of our mind. Like it's not the other way around. <laughs> so you can, even if you don't have a hungry, you know, immigrant mentality, as somebody like David would say, you know, you can trick yourself into saying, you know, I must, you know, you can, you can play that mental game. You close off all other options, except one. You don't allow the, any yourself to entertain any other option. You can, you you can pretend as if you've already started to have success online and and start building your success. Then and this stuff, this podcast and the books, that's a huge thing. As Johnny said, that's the input. And I know Johnny always stress, stresses this as well that that is the input. And don't just take that and leave it. That's the input. And the other part of it is the output. You know, if you get that in, you got to make sure something comes out of it because you got. And that that comes down to your personal action. Otherwise, it's just going to get clogged in. It's going <laughs> to.
0: It's not going to help you. I love, I love that, buddy. And you know what? I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I also want to give you a gift. It's something that I've, in this, it's kind of like that whole summer of everything we just talked about. Uh, and it's it's more, it's like, I think when people listen to this podcast or read my blog, they think they know the whole story. They, they, they're like, okay, I got it. But mm. the reason why I wrote this book is because that's when I can really open up. So right in front right in front of you you <laughs> yeah, actually grabbed it. So I did, man. James just grabbed it off my shelf. <laughs> I did, yeah.
1: This is awesome, man. Yeah, but I got Life Changes Quickbook right here.
0: But what you don't know James is if you, look look at the, the first page.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. It says
0: that was it was it was already it was ready yours. It was ready meant for you.
1: Wow, man. Oh my god, Johnny, thanks, man.
0: You're very welcome, man. Thank
1: you, man. I really appreciate that. Oh my god, it's such an awesome powerful symbol that johnny just gifted this book to me and He and wrote a personal message in here and I, I was immediately attracted to it as soon as i walked into the door <laughs> that's amazing uh, i'm mean, glad
0: grabbed it off the shelf because i was like i want you to have it wow
1: man that is so cool man all
0: right so if you guys sitting at home if you guys i sorry i can't personally hand you guys one but you guys can get it on amazon uh life changes quick and james if people want to get in touch with you uh how can they find you
1: absolutely so uh I'm starting a YouTube channel. This is a new project for me and part of my j- journey. And for right now, it's called James Radcliffe, Finding Freedom. And uh, it's Finding Freedom with James Radcliffe. And uh, so I've done some awesome uh, interviews here and been fortunate enough to do that. And I'm going to want to share them with you guys. And one more thing I'd like to like to share with you uh, here is that this isn't from me, but it's actually from Tony Robbins. And he says, if you think you're going to be successful and you're going to change your entire co- concept and automatically it's an overnight process, Johnny knows and everybody that's done it knows it's not overnight. So allow yourself to be a beginner. However, if you think it's going to happen, just, you know, just overnight, it's not. You need to develop rituals. You need to develop habits you will ultimately, you know, the quality of your life ultimately comes down to that quality of your habits and your rituals. It's absolutely true. So whatever you can do, this is one thing that I've done, which has helped me to get here, is I've decided that I could realistically develop one new habit every month. And over the last year, I've been able to do that, one new habit every month. And it started with flossing. And I flossed one tooth I flossed one tooth and I did one tooth for like three nights in a row and it got got easy so I could could do two teeth and then I did, you know, three and, you know, it was easy. Don't, you know, take baby steps because I'm telling you guys, taking that first step and doing that one tooth is a hundred percent better than not doing any.
0: (laughs) That is crazy because my whole life I never flossed because I was too lazy and it wasn't committed to it, even though I knew it would be good for me, just like how a lot of you guys probably know, you know, committing to a business and having extra income would be good for you guys. A few years ago, I think actually right when I started writing that book, I don't think I ever mentioned to anyone. I started flossing because I knew it was good for me, and I was like, no matter what, I'm gonna floss every day, and I've never missed a day since. Awesome, man. Respect, so, man. I like I guys for your dental hygiene. <laughs> this that's your tip, but I guarantee you, it's more than just for your teeth. If you can, if you can commit yourself to doing that. Mm-hmm building a business is actually pretty easy.
1: So guys, tell me that you, when you if you talk to me on my YouTube channel or you talk to Johnny, let us know that you started flossing using the one tooth a day method. At I first. love it, buddy.
0: Hey, James, thanks so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, everyone thank listening you, at home, thank you guys for leaving these awesome five-star reviews of the podcast. Really appreciate it. So this week's podcast review is by Patrick Oliveira from the USA. Learn how to make an online business for real. Five stars. I've been listening to Johnny's podcast for a few months before I felt like I'd be stuck as an employee forever. Now I'm backpacking in Australia and slowly growing an eBay dropshipping business. In a few months, I'll be in Thailand with some money so I can work on creating an online uh, income full-time. Thank you so much, Johnny. You've changed my life. So thank you to Patrick for leaving that review and thank you guys all for taking that time and going on iTunes to leave a five-star review. We're actually at 149 total reviews now, so Thanks so much. Whoever's gonna be lucky 150, I'm gonna give you an extra special shout out, guaranteed next week. So make sure you're on there. I just wanna quickly thank this week's podcast sponsor, TripStreak.com, the smarter travel search. Next time you guys need to book a flight, go on TripStreak.com/slash/travel like a boss, and you could find the flight that you want based on your search preferences there. So whether you're like me and you like to fly business class like a boss and you only want truly lie flat seats because you don't like those half reclining ones that pretend they're lie flat but they're not you can set your preferences for truly uh, lie flat seats so thanks again that's tripstreak.com slash travel like a boss and I'll see all of you guys next week bye bye thank you for listening to the travel like a boss podcast if you want to hear more including the bonus how to choose the perfect niche episode join our mailing list at travel like a podcast.com See you next week and remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.